Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of John. Hello and good morning, faithful listener. This is Jen here with the Bible Explained podcast. Today, we're going to talk about John chapter 13, verses 18 through 30 on this lovely Thursday morning. I am so thankful that the snow is gone and that the sun is back out. So I've got my windows cracked because it's still a little bit chilly out, but I'm just doing the best I can to get as much sun as I possibly can until it snows or rains again. But anyway, guys, let me know what the weather is near you. Always feel free to reach out to contact me if you have a question or a concern or you want to introduce yourself or tell me your testimony. I love hearing from all of you guys. And don't hesitate to reach out. And yes, I do read all of my emails. They go straight to my business email inbox. So you can find that information linked in the description of this podcast episode. Let's go ahead and talk about scripture today. We're going to be talking about John's relationship with Jesus Jesus and Judas and a handful of other things. So let's read John chapter 13 verses 18 through 30. Feel free to grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea to enjoy reading scripture with me and also go grab your Bible out of the version that you prefer to read out of. But as usual, I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. this morning. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to be reading a portion verses 18 through 20 that we already read. We read this on Tuesday, but I want to go back over it again today. So I'll be including that in today's portion as well. I don't speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scriptures may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. From now on, I tell you before it happens that when it happens, you may believe that I am he. Most certainly, I tell you, he who receives whomever I send receives me and he who receives me receives him who sent me. When Jesus had said this, he was troubled in spirit and testified. Most certainly, I tell you that one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was sitting at the table, leaning against Jesus' breast. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him and said to him, Tell us who it is of whom he speaks. He, leaning back as he was on Jesus' breast, asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus therefore answered, It is he to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. After the piece of bread, then Satan entered into him. Then Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. Now nobody at the table knew why he said this to him. For some thought, because Judas had the money box, that Jesus said to him, Buy the things we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. Therefore, having received that morsel, he went out immediately. It was night. So you can see that Jesus was eating the Passover supper with his disciples. And what we talked about the other day on Tuesday was that Jesus had already washed the disciples' feet, including Judas. But now starting out in verse 18, Jesus basically says that one of his disciples is going to betray him. He says, I don't speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scriptures may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. And then verse 19, it says, from now on, I tell you before it happens that when it happens, you may believe that I am he. So what Jesus was talking about there is that he was the Messiah who was prophesied about in the Old Testament. And the Old Testament from Psalm 41, verse 9, 
actually said that Jesus was going to be betrayed by one of his friends. That's what it says. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. That's from Psalm 41, verse 9. That's a prophecy of Jesus being betrayed by a friend. So Jesus says, I'm telling all of you disciples about this now so that you will know that I am he. In other words, you guys will all know when it all happens that I am the Messiah who was prophesied about. And of course, the disciples are going to remember this after Jesus is betrayed by Judas. And they're going to be like, yeah, Jesus absolutely knew who was going to betray him. And that's just another prophecy, of course, that Jesus fulfilled. Then verse 20, most certainly I tell you, he who receives whomever I send receives me. He who receives me receives him who sent me. That, of course, is the Great Commission, which we talked about on Tuesday. So when Jesus had said this, he was troubled in spirit and he testified, most certainly I tell you that one of you will betray me. So this shows that because Jesus was actually troubled in spirit, Judas betraying Jesus was very deeply emotional for Jesus. Like Jesus wasn't just like, oh, I already knew this was going to happen and you know, whatever this is all prophesied about. No, Jesus was troubled in spirit by this because Judas was Jesus's friend. And I do think that Jesus loved Judas. And by the way, I have to mention that on Tuesday, I said to you guys, I wasn't sure if Satan had entered into Judas at this point yet or not. But it says clearly here in verse 27 that uh, Judas was not possessed by Satan until after Jesus handed him the bread. So no, at this point in time, Judas was only influenced by Satan. Satan had not entered into Judas yet. But of course, Jesus cared about Judas because Judas is not Satan. He was a human being that allowed Satan to enter into him. He was a human being influenced by Satan. But Judas himself was not Satan, though some people, I think, like to claim that he was. He was just an average human being that wanted the things of the world and what Satan could offer him more than what Jesus had and and the things Jesus could offer him. But yeah, I mean, Jesus was very emotionally torn up by this. I mean, I don't know how long he knew Judas, a handful of years. Most certainly I tell you that one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another perplexed about whom he spoke. We find out also from the previous gospels that the disciples went around asking Jesus, like, Lord, is it me? Is it me? Is it me? Now, I don't know if that happened before or after this whole situation with Peter and John, which I'm about to talk about. But if you look at the other Gospels, and actually if you read them side by side, which is what I did today, it's pretty cool to read the different accounts of the Last Supper side by side. It's really eye-opening, so I, I recommend you guys doing it, actually. But it says here that after Jesus said that one of the disciples would betray him, They looked around at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was at the table leaning against Jesus's breast. And Simon Peter, Peter, therefore, beckoned to him and said to him, tell us who it is of whom he speaks. So this has caused a lot of questions to be raised about Jesus's and John's relationship. Because there's two things here where people are like, Oh my gosh, Jesus and John had a special kind of relationship. And I'm sure you guys know what I am talking about. In fact, there's a lot of claims of liberal pastors that say that Jesus and John were gay. 
And if I'm being honest, I'm kind of irritated that I even have to like bring attention to this or like talk about this. This makes me so mad. The disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was at the table leaning against Jesus's breast. Once again, if you look at the other accounts of the Gospels of the Last Supper, you'll see that it says that Jesus was reclining at the table. So what this means is that they basically had like couches and there was a very specific way that they would eat. They would lean on their left arm and eat with their right hand. And they would be reclining in that way. That was the very typical way to eat back in these days. The Greeks did it, the Romans did it, the Persians did it, and the Jewish people did it. That is how people would eat. They would sit at the table, the table was low to the ground, or it was on the ground, I don't know. People would recline on their left hand. But these couches weren't necessarily the couches you think of like nowadays. They were more like mats, I would guess. And basically, the people would be leaning on their left side, you know, leaning on their left arm, their side, and their feet would be behind the person in front of them. So what this means is that John most likely was not actually reclining on Jesus, but that his mat was in front of Jesus. John was close enough that he could talk to Jesus by leaning backwards and, you know, chatting with Jesus that way. And he would be close to Jesus's chest. But it doesn't mean that, you know, John was like, lying his head on Jesus's lap or, you know, like reclining in a funky way on Jesus. It was just the way that people would eat back in these days. And you can see that the other disciples aren't uncomfortable. It says that Peter beckons John over to him. Okay, so Peter calls John over because Peter was not sitting near Jesus. He was not sitting near John. And so he wanted John to ask Jesus who is going to betray him. So it says Peter beckoned John over and John goes and talks to Peter. Oh, and by the way, the whole thing here, it says the disciple whom Jesus loved. We know that that was John because it's mentioned a handful of other times in scripture. And we know based upon the gospels that John was talking about himself. John was the disciple whom Jesus loved. But that would be no different than you or I being like, oh, Jesus loves me. You know, I am the person that Jesus loves, you know, or you are the person that Jesus loves. It doesn't mean that Jesus and John had a special relationship. That's, this doesn't mean anything other than John was humbly not stating his own name in the Gospels because that's how people wrote back in these days. They would always talk in third person when they were writing stuff down. So John was just saying he was the disciple whom Jesus loved. That doesn't mean that Jesus didn't love the other disciples. It doesn't mean that John was Jesus's favorite, even though we know that uh, John on multiple occasions actually believed that he was Jesus's favorite. <laughs> I don't know. But Jesus, Jesus yelled at John a handful of times. James and John were the two brothers. Jesus would yell at them quite often and Peter because they get into these disputes about who was the greatest. And once again, I think it was Luke's account of the Passover. It actually says that during the Passover supper, during the last supper, the disciples were once again arguing about which of them was the greatest disciple. Yeah. 
So they they all kind of had a uh, superiority complex. Every single one of the disciples did. As we all do, we all struggle with pride, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I don't actually think that John is being prideful here by calling himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. Because if you think about it, we all do that. You have probably sung songs in the past about how much Jesus loves you. You know, we sing songs like that all the time. We do call ourselves loved by Jesus. So why is it wrong for John to do it? If we do it, because John was loved by Jesus, you are loved by Jesus, I'm loved by Jesus, we're all loved by Jesus. Jesus does not play favorites. There's actually scripture that says that God does not play favorites. Really, to me, this seems almost humble, more so than prideful, because John is literally not even writing his name in his own gospel. But anyway, it says here, one of the disciples uh, was leaning at the table against Jesus's breast. Simon Peter, therefore, beckoned to him and said to him, tell us who it is of whom he speaks. So he whispers in John's ear when John comes over to Peter, basically like, hey, ask Jesus who who he's talking about. So John goes back to his his same position as he was. And he asks, Lord, who is it? So he leans back probably close to Jesus's breast. And he says, Lord, who is it? Jesus therefore answered, it is he to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it. So when he dipped the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. A lot of people actually think that Judas was sitting at the left side of Jesus. And actually, this makes a lot of sense to me personally, because Jesus was close enough to Judas to be able to hand him the bread like after Jesus dipped it. So yeah, it's very possible that Judas was reclining next to Jesus, but on the left-hand side. I don't know, though, if Jesus said this publicly to everybody or if he just whispered it back to John. Like, hey, John, I'm gonna, I'll show you who it is. I'm gonna give the piece of bread to the person who will betray me. But I do know that based upon the other gospels, Jesus did publicly state a handful of times that Judas was in fact going to betray him. Uh, And the disciples just didn't get it. They didn't perhaps understand the context of what Jesus was talking about, but they didn't quite understand that Judas was going to betray Jesus that very night. They didn't get it. But anyway, Jesus takes the bread with the the sauce on it. He dips it and he gives it to Judas. And at that moment, it says, when he had dipped the piece of bread and gave it to Judas, after the piece of bread, then Satan entered into him. So Judas took it and he ate it. And Satan entered into him. So Jesus said to him, what you do, do quickly. Jesus knew. Jesus knew everything. And Judas went and did it. It says nobody at the table knew why he said this to him. Now they knew, though, that Judas was going to betray Jesus. Jesus had already said that. But they still didn't quite understand why Jesus told Judas to leave. They thought, oh, you know, maybe Judas is going out to help the poor. Maybe he's going to go, you know, buy more food for the feast. They just, they didn't get it. And they also, I don't think, understood that Jesus was going to die at the Passover. I don't think they got that either. I don't I don't think they knew what was happening, honestly, just as you and I don't understand, like the prophecies of Revelation. The disciples didn't understand the prophecies of Jesus either. But regardless, what we learned today is that 
Jesus and John did not have any kind of special relationship, and it's blasphemous to say that they did. And secondly, Jesus knew who was going to betray him. He knew ahead of time, and he purposefully said it so that all of his disciples and everybody else would know that Jesus was, in fact, the Messiah because Jesus was able to predict his own death. He was able to tell the disciples who was going to betray him, and he fulfilled all the prophecies that were talked about him in the Old Testament also. Well, faithful listeners, tomorrow is Friday, and we will be in the book of Deuteronomy. We're actually going to be finishing up Deuteronomy very, very quickly and moving into season six of the podcast. So we have exciting things to look forward to as we move out of the Torah and into the history books of the Old Testament. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Stay tuned for all of that. And if you love the podcast, if you want to support it, then either get yourself a t-shirt or please rate the podcast five stars on whatever listening platform you are listening to. I do see all of your guys' reviews as well, and I am extremely appreciative of them. Thank you so much for helping the Bible get spread and for evangelizing in that way. All right, faithful listeners, I'll see you all tomorrow, 6 a.m. or whenever you choose to wake up and listen. Happy listening and God bless.